You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Tuesday edition. Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock with you at BD Peacocks, where you can find me. Croc is at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Get those questions into us. We're going to answer some maybe today. Uh, we're definitely going to answer some tomorrow on another Winky Wednesday with our guest, Nick Winkler. And a very interesting podcast came out this week. Croc, we both listened to it. Uh, it was Tim Kawakami of The Athletic, the TK show he had, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan on there. And so uh, some more crumbs thrown out there about the drafts and the thought process from 2017 to now with what's going on at quarterback and a ton of good notes. So I think that'll be a fun one today to get into. And I know you have some thoughts on it as well. Yeah, yeah I'm actually excited to get into it. Like Kyle Shanahan, he's very open, you know, him and. Uh, John Lynch, both very open when it comes to kind of like their thought process and their plans and things. And, you know, you see a lot of guys remember Jim Harbaugh. Like he was like the worst, right? Like you're not getting yeah. anything out of Jim Harbaugh. Too. Everybody yeah. is great. It, this, All his quarterbacks it, are the best in the league and you're just not, you're not getting anything. So to hear like, just like kind of the polar opposite with Kyle Shanahan is, I, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. This, this regime is the polar opposite of what the Harbaugh, bulky regime was and it's really refreshing so that's definitely something that's that's really cool to see with Shanahan and Lynch what's going on with the 49ers we're going to get to that in a minute but first some notes about what's going on with the 49ers a couple of more things well first of all one thing's not going to happen with the 49ers and uh, I might not be able to use this much more often Nick Mullins Nick Mullins is gone (laughs) officially now signing with the Philadelphia Eagles so that means his rehab from uh, what I don't even remember. What was Nick Mullen's injury? Was it a ankle? It, it, it was like a kind of like a Tommy John surgery, but oh. then he didn't have to get Tommy John surgery, and they wanted to let it heal on his own okay. or something. That's what it was yeah. I don't know why I something along those what that lines. Injury was yeah. So apparently that's going well enough for him to have signed, and uh, now he'll compete for maybe a number three job. I don't know with the Philadelphia Eagles, and so the Niners and Eagles essentially swapped backup quarterbacks. Nate Sudfeld now a 49er, and his spot on the roster gets replaced by former 49er Nick Mullins so good luck to Nick Mullins and hopefully he does some things in the preseason so I can continue to use the sounder from our angry New York Giants fan because uh, I want the Nick Mullins to continue he's not gonna be on the Niners anymore so that's a that's sort of bummer I I liked I liked Nick Mullins carving out a career he's you know lack of talent lack of size I don't want I won't say lack of talent lack of arm strength lack of size and to be able to carve out a career and now getting another contract with another team year five I think it is for him in 2021 that's awesome so good for nick molds i'm glad his career is not going to end like it did with the niners i, I always like to see the underdogs you know do well and you look at a guy like nick mullins i always look at people for who they are and you know yeah he's not going to be this just starter or long-term starter or anything like that but you know if he can you know play 10 11 12 years as a backup especially for somebody who was undrafted like that is a huge win i think it's already a win for a guy who went undrafted and now you know has an opportunity to make a team with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And we already knew Nick Mullins wasn't coming back. And another player we know that will not be a San Francisco 49er is Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder. He has finalized a renegotiated contract, according to Ian Rappaport, with uh, plans to keep him on the team now for the 2021 season. Crowder will be a free agent next offseason at age 28. 
to get a chance for another payday before age 30. And there was talk about Crowder potentially getting moved for probably not much, for probably for peanuts in trade, late th- day three pick or something like that for Crowder, who's owed $10 million. But uh, I don't know if 49ers were going to be able to pay that anyway. So I'm not sure if Crowder ever made much sense, but now he's renegotiated his contract and I assume that means taking a healthy pay cut so we won't get released by the Jets, and now he's going to stick around in New York. So no more talk of a Jamison Crowder trade from the Jets to the 49ers. Croc, what do you think about that? Do you think Crocker or do you think Crowder was a good fit for the Niners? And do you think the Niners need to do something else there? I think a good fit, but I don't think that they need to make a move on him or anything like that. I mean, we're we're talking about right now kind of filling a wide receiver three role. Right. And really your fourth option because you have George Kittle as well. So was he going to come in and just be so much better than a Sanu or, you know, just be that much more productive to where it's like worth giving up draft capital and paying whatever his contract was? I, I didn't think so to that extent, especially like, again, fourth option, um, even if he's released and you have him out there. I hear Golden Tate's name thrown out there a lot. And my thing is, it's like. Well, no, they want to see what they have in-house. We're talking about a fourth option. You're not going to just yeah. give up a whole lot for that specific position. You want to see what you have in-house right now. And, you know, when we just listened to um, uh, Mike McDaniels, the, the officer coordinator now, talk about the receivers. And, you know, they want to just find one guy, right? Like they feel like they have that, that fourth option in-house. They just got to figure out who's going to step up and, uh, and take on that role. And I, I just don't think that you're going to get enough in return when it comes to Crowder and, uh, you know, a guy like Golden Tate to just be like, nah, like, we're just going to bring this guy in and, you know, forget anybody else that's on the roster right now. Just didn't see it. Yeah, I think it's smart for the 49ers to wait on things and see what they have in-house first before they realize they need to make any kind of drastic moves and you shouldn't be paying for much for a fourth option. And see what you have, let that competition happen, and maybe it turns out like it's 2019 again and when they made the move for Emmanuel Sanders, maybe they do have to make a move in season, late in the preseason, something like that to bring in a guy. But you definitely have time to do that. So I think right now is not necessarily time you need to do that. And and Julio Jones, someone like that's a different beast because he comes in at the top of your depth chart, pushes other guys down maybe, whereas you don't need to, you don't need to spend a ton. And $10 million for Jameson Crowder, who's pretty much a slot-only guy, I don't know if that really ever made sense for the 49ers. Nah, I don't think so. How about this one? We haven't talked about this yet. The the NFL docked the 49ers last week for their use of contact and violating off-season rules during their workouts. And it sounds like the infraction was the video from D'Amador Lenore when he locked up um, Austin Watkins on that one rep in rookie minicamp and he was pressing him and there was too much contact and you're not even allowed to do that in those rookie minicamps. But what's funny about all this, I wonder how much hot water Demo is in behind the scenes because he didn't he put that out on his own social media. Isn't that why that clip got out there in the first place? Because that's a no no. I, I, right? I don't. I don't think I saw it on his social media. I think I saw him. I mean, I, he. If I had to just guess how it happened, he had that video, sent it to the uh, SF 49ers guy, and he put it out there. I think that's how. Oh, how okay, okay, okay. So it didn't. So yeah, okay. Well, anyway, if you're putting out tape from your practices you're going to be in trouble. So the way I look at it is what type of rule is this? Like you can't touch each other during rookie minicamp. Like what is that? That that was not 
something that was a rule when I was playing. Well, it sounds so like it's a it sounds like it's a quote unquote rule, but no teams are going to stop a guy from jamming someone at the line of scrimmage or, or doing anything like that and, and having a little bit of contact. So that's really interesting. That's probably why you don't want that tape to get out. Is because nobody would ever know if. Uh, I mean, that's so that I mean that's ticky tack though, right? Like that that's an it NBA is. level foul. Like, what are we talking about here? You you can't let a guy just do a, a rep. Like, I didn't even see there wasn't even much contact in that drill either. I was. I mean, like, it, it it was good hands and feet, and yeah, he touched them and stuff. But I guess you know it, they got different kind of rules going on right now, especially with rookie minicamp. Usually, you have like forty guys at rookie minicamp. This year, they had what twenty three mm-hmm. guys and yeah. no defense alignment. And, you know, so it was, it was, it was very unique. And maybe that's a new rule because I've never heard of anything like that. And I actually participated in a rookie minicamp. How many dudes did you lock up like that in your rookie minicamp? Well, we didn't do one-on-ones. So that's an interesting thing. They did one-on-ones and then we didn't do one-on-ones, but there still was contact. Like how do you play football? And just like, well, I'm not going to touch you, but we're competing. We're competing against each other. You got guys Everybody looks at the draft picks, but guys from at rookie minicamp, they are trying to make the roster. So how am I going to be a DB? And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get a shot at this 90 man roster and I can't touch someone like that. It's stupid. I'm going to be aggressive. They're going to have to tell me to, to lay back before anything else. Right? Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's the mindset you got to have coming in there. You're trying to win a job. And the, here's the other thing that makes me think of though, Kyle Shanahan himself told us that, what happened with Justin School was a contact injury. It was a pass rush drill when he tore his ACL. It was that against the rules too, and and maybe that's exactly what they're trying to avoid. So that's an that's the first thing I thought of was like, well, wait a second. If there's no contact in any of these uh, non mandatory OTAs, there was contact, and Kyle Shanahan admitted it to in the press conference that that's exactly what happened with Justin School. So there there is contact in some of these drills. There, I mean, there, I would assume that there has to be every. All these teams are doing 11 on 11. So it, it, the only way to erase that is to not do any type of 11 on 11 and just do seven on seven. And then you have guys just work on bag work or whatever. But again, that might be something that's new because that's something else I never heard of. And maybe it's some kind of COVID mm-hmm. protocol and stuff like that. But like OTAs, when I was playing, you were getting after it. Like yeah. you were getting after it. You were being aggressive. You were being physical. You were trying to make plays like, Everybody was just OTAs, just shorts and T-shirt. Like, tell that to the guys that are trying to make that damn team. <laughs> yeah, like, and, uh, they don't it, feel like that. Was it Will Blackman on Crocsock TV that was talking about walkthroughs and how you know it sounds like walkthroughs are slow motion and you're just kind of going through the motions and and you're you're out there on the field, but like walkthroughs ain't walkthroughs. They're they're one runthroughs and, and contact throughs, right? <laughs> like th- those are pretty legit practices in a lot of cases. Yeah, he was saying like the the more offensive minded the head coach is the more up-tempo the walk-through is. Okay. <laughs> so you got a defensive-minded guy, it's like, hey, slow down. Like, we're just walking through it. But you got an offensive-minded guy, <laughs> it's like, wait, we're out here running around. So um, look, I, these guys are, they're like, they're very competitive, you know, mm-hmm. all these players. It's really hard to tell them to kind of throttle down in something when they see an opponent across from them. It's, it's, a, it's a little difficult. And you have to learn how to practice like a pro and all those things, but it's not as, like, I think fans look at it like, well, just don't touch them, or well, just don't, do-. and it's like, well, tell that to these guys that have been aggressive and competitive their entire lives. Oh, yeah, tell that to anybody who's even played pickup basketball or uh, played whatever 
game with their little brother, right? It always like escalates and escalates when you get competitive into these situations. And and coaches are competitive too. They want their guys to get after it. They want right. to get their team as good as possible. So they probably just deep down want don't don't you know they they want the contact or they aren't worried about contact. They probably don't even think about that that would be contact that would be violating anything just because it's just the natural course of a one on one rep. Right. But anyway, like, uh, yeah. the Niners didn't really lose much anyway. I think actually they didn't they lose a week of practice, which Kyle Shanahan was going to give them a week off anyway, right? So I guess it didn't really do anything. Well, I think I hurt the I hurt I think I hurt the rookies because the rookies, and again, I always kind of go back to my experience. The rookies were there longer than the the veterans. I think we we were there an extra week or maybe even two, um, still oh. kind of going through things uh, while the veterans all went home. So yeah, there is that aspect. Did, of it. did Kyle Shanahan say that the rookies were going to stick around? A little bit, or some yep. of them were. And he said that he, yeah. he said the rookies were going to stick around, but they obviously, obviously, uh, you know, they kind of lost that privilege. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait till training camp before we see all of these dudes on the field again, and hopefully, we'll get uh, more folks there. Hopefully, I will be there at some point, and maybe Croc. Are you planning on going to training camp at all? If they allow that, I'm not even sure if they're going to let people in there. I think the league is, and I think individual teams are probably going to use the COVID excuse as long as they can to have as few people around as possible. Yeah, I don't think not this year, but next year, next year, I'll plan for it. <laughs> All right. uh, let's talk TK show Kyle Shanahan with Tim Kawakami. Some takeaways from that conversation coming up. A big reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging Prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Just go head over to RockAuto.com. The website is super easy to use. Find whatever you need for any, and I mean any, make or model of car or truck. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. They have everything you need, tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small parts, big parts, aftermarket kits, whatever you need to get your car looking and performing its best. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks and get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Kyle Shanahan the actor croc what'd you think about that conversation on the TK show there's some good stuff there and and the, the 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 quote that really made its rounds was the one where Kyle Shanahan basically said like yeah if you see me really animated about something that I probably should be keeping close to the vest and shouldn't be talking a lot about maybe you'll know that I'm lying. So maybe he shouldn't have told us that after the fact because he would have kept us guessing more. So now we kind of know Shanahan's MO and he was kind of laying it on and he wasn't even supposed to be a part of that press conference. It was supposed to be just uh, just John Lynch on the Monday before the draft and Kyle Shanahan jumped in on it and really solidified a lot of folks' inclination that Mac Jones was actually going to be the pick and he wanted that to be the case. He wanted people in the league, not I mean, he didn't care about the media. He wanted teams to believe that. And he thought it gave them an advantage. Now, we can argue whether or not it actually did give him an advantage, but um, you got to credit Kyle for accomplishing what he wanted to with that because uh, he did. And I didn't believe it was Mac Jones at all until that time. Right. And, you know, there were a lot of people 
that are saying, well, what do the 49ers have to gain? I, I think it was Florio put out an, a whole article basically kind of like bashing Kyle Shanahan for keeping it a mm-hmm. secret. And it's like, dude, like, what do you care? You know, and maybe Florio, <laughs> you know, he he knows that he kind of gets on the 49 er fans skin. And maybe that was his kind of mindset with, you know, just putting that article out there, knowing it's going to get a bunch of clicks because 49 fans are going to click on it. I know I fell for it and I clicked on it. <laughs> but when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, it was, it was interesting to hear that, like that aspect of it. And I remember tweeting out, <laughs> sounds like he's taking Mac Jones. And I got responses like, well, what? how'd you hear that? I didn't hear that at all. And then come to find out, that's exactly what he wanted you to hear. So I heard right yeah. with kind of the way he was pushing things. If you if you would like him at um, 12, then you should like him at three as well. Like like that was the giveaway right there. That yeah. was all like, oh my gosh. And the, crazy, Jones. the crazy part of all of that too is he changed his tune. And that's looking back now, we should have realized, okay, something's going on here. Uh, but again, I didn't, and, and I think that was exactly what I said after that press conference. Like Kyle Shanahan's not that good of an actor. Like he doesn't try to be. So I don't think he's necessarily trying that hard to go out of his way to throw us off. But apparently he was because earlier in the process, when he was talking about the trade and people were talking about Kirk Cousins being the guy, he's like, no, of course Kirk Cousins isn't the ideal. He's like, I like Kirk Cousins. But he's not the ideal. Like that's not what you're trying to get. And I was like, yeah, of course. And like, so that, that solidified to me. It's like, of course, not Mac Jones. And then he kind of laid it on a little bit later. He's like, what is going on? Like, what is Kyle Shanahan saying? Because he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah. And now, now we know exactly why. But yeah, I tend to think it didn't help them at all, and it was pretty unnecessary. A, a lot of it, and a lot of the theater that went along with that pick. And maybe if it does help them, it's in future drafts and in future. Uh, situations where Kyle Shanahan sits down at the poker table, maybe you know a little bit less about what he thinks. And so maybe that's their advantage later. But, I mean, that's not even going to come up for the next two years because they don't have first-round picks to to have a poker face about either. So maybe in 2024 we'll see that poker face come up again. But I tend to not really worry about any of that stuff because it didn't matter. Who cares if your mock draft was wrong? What matters is did the 49ers get the pick right? And, and did was it worth the move up to go get their guy in Trey Lance? That's the only thing that matters. And the rest of it is just extra and kind of dumb in a lot of ways. Well, you know, he kind of touched on that part, right? When you talked about, was it worth it to move up to get Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, I didn't think it was that much. When you look at our division and like what they're giving up for players and things like that, like he said, maybe 10 years ago, I would have thought that it was giving up a ton for this player. But looking at the landscape of the NFL now, and you're giving up two picks for Ramsey, who is an all-pro cornerback, but you're giving up two first-round picks for him. You're giving up multiple first-round picks for Jamal Adams, again, another all-pro player. But he's just looking at it in the sense of, People are giving up these draft picks. So why can't I give up picks for a player that I want? Even though it's, it's more unknown, but he's not looking at it in the sense of just this monumental trade that I think the rest of the league did. Yeah, it's funny. There, there's, there are some things I disagree with with Kyle Shanahan, with, with what he said in this uh, and the way he's gone about some things. Um, and that's kind of one of them because he did say, yeah, it, it didn't feel to him as monumental as a trade like this would have been 10 years ago. And he talked about the, those trades, but again, those teams were trading later picks and only two Kyle Shanahan had traded three picks. So, and for an unknown player. So there's an extra level of, of risk here for Kyle Shanahan whether he sees it or not it's absolutely there it's an extra first because it's not just this year's and next year's it's the year after as well for one player um and it was a it was the 12th pick he was trading he this wasn't the 28th pick he was trading you know it was the 12th pick too so 
Um, more risk, I think, than Kyle Shanahan's letting on, but I think there is something to that and seeing teams, especially within his own division, giving up so much in some trades lately, which, by the way, I don't think... I love Jamal Adams, Shadow 49er. I don't think that was a good trade for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think that was smart to be trading two first-round picks for a strong safety. I don't think it was. Jalen Ramsey, you get a shutdown corner. That's a little bit of a different scenario, I think, to me. But um, if you look at the Khalil Mack trade, that doesn't necessarily look amazing either. So it's not like those trades have looked great either. So uh, you can make the argument either way, and I'll buy that. And I understand what Kyle Shanahan is getting at. And definitely, this feels different than it did 10 years ago. But when you go through, go through and see some of these behind-the-scenes shows, uh, I saw they're, they're, all, they're really good. You know, uh, There was one with uh, the Carolina Panthers where it showed their draft room and showed what they were going about. Uh, there was one, I believe, with I, I think almost every team at least in the top 10, did one. I didn't watch all of them, but I saw one with the Atlanta Falcons too. And you see what teams are calling with the trade offers. Teams aren't willing to give up that much. These GMs are pretty tight with their draft picks too. So that's the other thing you realize is the 49ers were just willing to do something that I don't think a lot of other teams were. And you can do almost anything you want in this league if you're willing to give up two plus first round picks. So um, yeah. it's not maybe the as biggest- mo- Yeah, go ahead. I think the biggest thing that they want to do is control their own destiny. And and I think that's – you're going to pay a price for that. You know, like there were other teams where, you know, you heard about uh, the Vikings trying to trade up to Carolina Panthers pick, as you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of alluded to. And it was like, well, they, they lowballed them, right? And now the Vikings, you know, had to resort in – instead of drafting, you know, Justin Fields, who is extremely talented and this high-level prospect, you end up drafting Kellen Mond. Now, there's some people that really like Kellen Mond. But they drafted him third round, so clearly they don't speak highly enough of him or don't think highly enough of him to draft him where they, you know, drafted Fields. So just looking at it is like, would you rather have Fields for the next 10 years or would you rather have see what you can possibly get with Kellen Mond? You know, and I think those are the questions that people have to ask themselves. 49ers said, at the end of the day, we're, we're cool with Garoppolo, but we see this more talented, physically gifted person, and we're willing to control our own destiny when it comes to him and what he is. And I, I think that was – when you start to hear him talk about Trey Lance and what he liked about him, that really jumped out to me. There, there were things that they really liked about him. Okay, more on that, more about what Kyle Ch- Shanahan specifically liked about Trey Lance from this conversation, D'Amico Ryans, what the defense could look like if Kyle Shanahan really wants to run the ball as much as people think he does, and a little bit about the 2017 draft and how their thought process then – and what that was like looking back for Kyle Shanahan. Next, coming up on this Tuesday edition of Locked On 49ers. Just got back, a little vacation from Lake Tahoe, and guess what? Built Bars came in handy multiple times. Late night, needed a little something, everything's closed, grab a Built Bar. Early morning, breakfast, on the run, grab a Built Bar. Right before the back nine, playing Oh, beautiful golf courses in Lake Tahoe and need a little something back nine. Don't want to reach for some gnarly meal. Just grab a little built bar. You're on your way. Protein, 17 grams of protein to be exact. Only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar in most built bars and only four grams of net carbs. Even good for a keto diet. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, which is my favorite. Double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's new flavors all the time like the grasshopper, which was fantastic is what I had on the golf course in Lake Tahoe. So wherever you are, on vacation, at home, need a snack, 
Go to BuiltBar.com. Get yourself 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, full swing. There's something there all season long, all summer long to bet on. But we've got NHL and NBA playoffs happening. Those are Always super fun to bet on as the summer gets started. UFC, MMA action, we've got golf tournaments, we've got horse racing. There's no end to things. You can bet on at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Reality TV, award shows, you name it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are in their playoff runs head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today betonline.ag to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit use promo code locked on that's promo code locked on for 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts since we're on the draft croc let's talk about what he said about the 2017 draft which was interesting he said Basically, the QBs at the time weren't slam dunks for them early in the draft, and so they want they knew that you know Kirk Cousins was out there. This has been well documented about the Kirk Cousins thing. Wanted to build the defensive line like that. That was one of their things that they've wanted to do from the very start. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, let's build the defensive line. They've gotten there where they have built that thing. It took them a while, uh, and it started with Solomon Thomas. That's the way they decided to go in the draft, and they thought they were pretty surprised about how high some of the quarterbacks went, and. Uh, basically said at the time for us, you know, it wasn't a slam dunk with those guys getting picked that high, but every team that passed on Watson and Mahomes now wishes they had a time machine. So he admits that, yeah, you know what, but in hindsight, of course, we would have loved to have drafted one of those two guys. But at the time, we didn't think that they were going to go at the at the place where we were going to be drafting, essentially. Yeah, that was one thing that really jumped out to me. And, and, and I understand that. I remember, you know, tweeting out, I think Patrick Mahomes has the most upside of any quarterback in this class. But I also tweeted out, I hope the 49ers can draft Patrick Mahomes in, at the top of the second round. Mm-hmm. And that kind of lets you know kind of what the feeling around Patrick Mahomes was at that time. And not saying I was right, but I just knew there wasn't like this huge buzz about him. A lot of the mocks had him going in the 20s and things like that. Like he wasn't just this top 10 guy. So what Kyle Shanahan basically was speaking to is, Nobody was talking about him. It, yeah, it looks crazy now, but nobody was talking about him being a number two overall pick. Like, that would have been a crazy pick. Now, again, it, it, you know, if it pays off, who cares? But that's how he's saying that, like, it was not crazy to pass on Patrick Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson, who we talked about. A lot of people had him mocked in the 20s as well. So there wasn't just these consensus top quarterbacks, maybe outside of Mitchell Trubisky, and they probably felt like, nah, we don't like him as much. We'll take Kirk Cousins next year in free agency. Yeah, and I think I remember some reporting at the time saying the Niners did have Trubisky as their top quarterback, too. And so I think the thought around the league was that Trubisky was the first guy, then there was a little bit of a gap, and then it was Watson, then Mahomes. And I think the surprise to me was how high Mahomes went, that he went in the top 10, and actually he went ahead of Watson, who went and picked 12. 
because um, to me, and Watson sort of slid in the whole process. Watson went from, oh, this guy's going to go high, number two overall maybe, and it's like, okay, maybe the middle of the round, okay, maybe the Browns, and then, yeah, you started to see him later and all over the place in mock drafts, and you're right. Like a week before the draft, I remember, I think I did my own mock draft where it's like, okay, Mahomes to the Niners in round two, I like that. You know, all this physical skill, all this this crazy arm and what he can do. People just didn't know what to do with Mahomes. They're like, well, I don't know. This looks crazy. This it, I've never seen a quarterback look like this coming out of that kind of offense. And there hasn't been any successful quarterbacks in that sort of a spread air raid system before. So we don't know what to do with Patrick Mahomes. And to the Chiefs' credit, Brett Veach and, and Andy Reid and everybody over there, they loved Mahomes. They went up and got him all the way up in number 10. That one that one was surprising that he went that high. But I think, Mah- I think Watson... It, to me, at least, it wouldn't have been a shock if he was a top five pick and a top 10 pick. It ended up going, you know, 12. But both those quarterbacks teams moved up to get them there, too. But there were some teams like the Browns. It's like, what are you doing passing on Watson? Why are you trading out of that spot? Yeah. You should be drafting the quarterback, not trading out so another team can come up and get a quarterback. Do you think that Deshaun Watson would have the, I guess, I don't want to say, you know, like his career has been amazing, right? But he's viewed as a top seven quarterback. Do you think he'd still be viewed as such if he went to, the Cleveland Browns, because remember, they had Hugh Jackson, and Hugh Jackson was, like, terrible as a head coach at that year. They were coming off a season, I think, where they had, like, zero wins or something like that. Then yeah. they had, like, one win – or, no, they had one win and then, like, zero wins the next year or something crazy. Yeah. And they drafted Deshaun Kaiser, who I thought was very talented, and they made him just look like, like, you'll never oh, – like, yeah. you are not good. And they started him, and then they benched him, and then they started him, and then they benched him. They had a lot of things going on, so – you know, we talk about where guys go. Man, I mean, maybe we're glad that Watson didn't go to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I, maybe he could have helped them turn it around. And it might look a lot like what it would look like if Watson's allowed to play this year for the Texans because the roster was in a similar <laughs> spot for the Browns back then. But do you remember talking about a time machine? It was darn close to the 49ers ended up with Miles Garrett in the number one pick. And I think everybody knows it would have been Miles Garrett for the Niners as well. There wouldn't have been any shenanigans and probably no trade downs, no quarterbacks there for the Niners uh, if they did get that first pick. And it was, I can't remember if it went to overtime or not, but there was a, a game late in the season. It was either week 16 or 17. It was the Browns and the Steelers where the Steelers were trying to give this game to the Browns. And um, the Browns were about to punch it in to win the game, and it was Isaiah Crowell running back. Is that his name? Crowell, right? Isaiah Crowell, mm-hmm. sort of big-bodied yeah. running back, fumbled at the goal line. He would have put the ball in the end zone. They were inches away from winning that game, which would have given the 49ers the tiebreaker. They would have had the same record. Niners would have ended up with the number one pick that year, and how different would things have been if the Niners ended up with Miles Garrett from 2017, and that's how the Shanahan Lynch regime started. So, I mean, the draft is insane how one small thing can just change everything. Yeah, it was crazy. And remember, the 49ers won two games that year, both games against the Rams. And uh, one had to do with a late comeback or something like that with Colin Kaepernick kind of leading the 49ers to victory late in the game. I want to say maybe that was week 16. I think they lost week 17 game. It was something crazy like that, but that cost the 49ers as well, Miles Garrett. So that, yeah, the 2016 season was just insane, watching the the Chip Kelly year, 49ers. Anyway, there's more I want to get to here with the TK show. Um, a couple of notes on the quarterback situation and the quote-unquote competition. Kawakami asked Shanahan, is it a quarterback competition? And similar to what we've heard and similar to what Mike uh, McDaniel said about Trey Lance, is like, well, it can be a competition if Trey is ready to compete if Trey is ready to compete. So that's where we're at right now, figuring out where Trey Lance is, if he's even at a level where he's ready to compete. 
But then he also said that Trey Lance is the number two QB. They're not going to screw around and put him at QB four, QB three, make him climb his way up the depth chart. He's QB two coming into camp. Jimmy Garoppolo is QB one. And then we'll see if Trey Lance is ready to compete. So I, I thought that was interesting. There's there's no timetable on Trey Lance right now. So I guess it's pretty much up to him. But I guess that could change in day one of camp where it's like, OK, he is ready to compete. So there's that, too. Yeah. Um, listening to John Middlecoff and Guy Haberman over like throughout the draft process. And they they asked that question, like, are the 49ers going to mess around and like have him as the third or fourth quarterback kind of coming into camp? Um, and we've seen that with other organizations. I think it's I think uh, the Patriots right now have uh, Mac Jones as like the third quarterback uh, on their depth chart at, at the moment. And there's been a lot of people making a big deal out of that. I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than them just like making him earn his stripes, I guess, and kind of earn that QB2 role and mm-hmm. potentially starting quarterback role. When it comes to the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, we're not messing around with any of that. We're just going to, boom, plug him in. He's going to be QB2. And then when he's ready to compete, he'll, he'll do that. And I, I liked how he talked about OTAs. They just wanted to make that a time for him to just, just get to understand what we're trying to do here. Don't, don't focus on trying to compete or anything like that. We just want you to just grasp what it is that we're trying to do. And if you come back after having 40 days off and you're mentally in a, in a position to where now not only can you grasp it, now, but now you feel like you can you know, effectively execute it at a high level, that's when this will be a quarterback competition. And he said he is not messed up about having to start a rookie quarterback. He said if that guy gives him the best chance to win, he will play that quarterback. And I like to hear that. Yeah, and then the un- in- the unintended consequence of trading for Trey Lance and having that big-time quarterback in there is Jimmy Garoppolo now is fired up. And by all accounts and all reports, Jimmy Garoppolo was really good in the spring practices, really good in OTAs. And we know that Jimmy Garoppolo has never been really a great practice player. So a little extra level to that, you get better at quarterback, whether it's the rookie that beats out Garoppolo or just Garoppolo being Garoppolo for another year, having another year in Kyle Shanahan's system, staying healthy. Maybe you get the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo. As long as the other stuff stays together and the media scrutiny doesn't blow up in, in Shanahan's face or blow up in the quarterback's face and everybody can handle it and everything's good there, then it would seem to be that in some way the 49ers are going to be better at quarterback, which makes the whole team better. Right. And, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier with, um, you know, the Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith situation where, you know, Alex Smith, like after after Mahomes was drafted, Alex Smith had the best year of his career. Threw for over 4,000 yards, over, you know, 20, what, eight touchdowns or something like that, low interception. Um, I mean, literally just, and he missed the game. Like it was flat out the best season he's ever had. I think maybe drafting a young quarterback allowed him to just play a little bit more free and loose and just, you know, sling it. And I think maybe that's what we're seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo right now. It's like, well, I, I don't really have anything to lose. <laughs> I, I, I know he's going to be the guy. So let me just go out there and just be loose. Don't, I don't have to be perfect. And I think him that looseness is allowing him to just actually execute at a higher level not be afraid to just like let it loose a little bit yeah a little chip on your shoulder is always good for everybody too coming into a competition get a little mad about it and uh, get that extra drive that that extra 10 percent you didn't know you had uh one more note here on the trey lance stuff and kyle shanahan asked about pushing the ball down the field was the big arm of trey lance a big part of this but it was weird because i was surprised by this answer a little bit shanahan said that he believes jimmy garoppolo can make all the throws that you know that part of trey lance's game isn't why they drafted trey lance the difference is lance's threat to run and making making it quote unquote 11 on 10 football 
and makes it easier on the offensive line, makes it easier on the wide receivers and the looks that you get there, which equals more open downfield looks. So it can't open things up downfield, but he wasn't talking about so much as the arm and the actual ability to throw it down the field. He was talking about what the run opens up for that. So it sounds like Trey Lance's running ability was a huge part of this evaluation for Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. And, and I, I wasn't really expecting Kyle Shanahan to say that. I was expecting him more to play off the running stuff and be like, eh, maybe we'll run it sometime with them. It's nice that he can do that. Yeah, no, he said, we will run him. <laughs> like We're going to run him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I think the thing that really jumped out too is he he was, he is like, well, we know he can throw the ball. And that was good to hear. Like, he's like, hey, he plays from the pocket. He's going to hang in there. He's going to make the throws. He's not somebody that's just going to tuck it and take off um, because maybe something isn't there or whatnot. Like, he wants to be a pocket passer. The running ability is a plus. It's just a big plus because of the athletic ability that he possesses. Um, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and him, you know, he has the ability to throw the ball downfield. It's like, yeah, he does have the ability to throw downfield, but he doesn't. Like, he's just not that guy. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like Jimmy has the arm strength and the ability to make all the throws. I strongly believe that. But there's something missing, whether it's a confidence standpoint or whatnot, that just makes it to where he's not comfortable pulling the trigger or throwing, you know, contested uh, catch uh, passes down the field. And, you know, so I think he's just looking at it from a standpoint of, look, we know – we can get equally as good in theory, equally as good play from in the passing game. But now we get to do all these amazing things in the run game to open it up, which obviously, I mean, the 49ers are a run first offense, and that's something that they really want to do. So throw like Drew Brees, run like Lamar Jackson. That'll he, be fun it, to watch. I mean, that, that should have been the giveaway. <laughs> it was the giveaway, right? I mean, a lot kind of people of, he heard threw that, that in. It was just like, like, wait a second, that ain't Mac Jones. You, you, yeah, but it's like, Everything else is like you can't take that that twenty second clip and be like, no, he wants somebody that can run. When you, everything else you heard was like Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac yeah, Jones. But the the thing is, Mac Jones kind of the Drew Brees thing is close, and it was almost like the the Lamar Jackson was a throwaway part of that. So actually, that quote made me still think Mac Jones a little bit because he didn't say throw like John Elway, he said throw like Drew Brees. And at the end of his yeah. career, Drew Brees had one of the worst arms in the league, too. You know, so it wasn't <laughs> like we're talking about John Elway, you know, or Dan Marino. That was so it was interesting that he used Drew Brees as the the player for that, which actually made me think more Mac Jones because then I was like, yeah, well, nobody runs like Lamar Jackson. None of these guys do anyway. So I thought that was sort of the throwaway part of that. But then now I kind of see where he's going um, with yeah. the whole Trey Lance thing. Uh, we're we're out of time here, Croc. There's still some notes I have on this, so we'll continue some of this stuff. And the latest notes with the 49ers tomorrow with our guest, Nick Winkler, another Winky Wednesday. And we will field listener questions. Tag us on Twitter to get involved there at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, there's some notes about D'Amico Ryan's defense, too, that I want to get into. We'll talk about all of that tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.